Hey, gang. Welcome to another exciting episode of National Bugle Radio on the Republic Broadcasting Network, RBN, republicbroadcasting.org. It's caller-free, free speech since 2024. So, <laughs> at least the Patrick and Jeremy Show Part 2 is. So go to republicbroadcasting.org, <clears throat> click on the donate button, send badly needed fundage to badly needy uh, radio network. And you can send it to 2251 Double Creek Drive, Suite 302, Round Rock, Texas, 78664. You can phone it into 1-800-724-2719, extension three. Operators are standing by. All right, Jeremy, so um, here we go with part two. What did we learn from part one? Well, we analyzed the uh, you know, Tucker-Putin interview um, I think I think Russia wants to get an audience with the global populace and specifically with the American populace because the Jewish-dominated State Department is pushing this war with Ukraine and funding it. And perhaps Russia thinks that um, if they can appeal to the American populace, that this election year the administration will be changed and better diplomatic policies will be fomented. Uh, in that change and that's in opposed to the other option which is total war which hopefully nobody wants yeah. so I think, think we analyzed that quite well um, we took some calls what we also talked about the prospect of Joe Biden as a candidate for the Democratic Party um, when the majority of Americans think he's told to run and that he should be replaced now, the logistics of replacing him, um, that might be up in the air. You, you rattled off some, uh, you know, feasible means of what, how that could or could not happen. But nobody wants Joe Biden. Even his leftist based um, is against him for his support of uh, Israel against the genocide of the Palestinians. So it's not looking good for the Democrats. On the other hand, for Trump, to his chagrin, you know, to his detriment, uh, Trump is a uh, supports Israel, and his supporters do too. So it doesn't hurt Trump's base if he supports Israel, but it hurts Biden's base if he supports Israel. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, we sort of covered that. We took some calls. Uh, one of them was good. A couple of them was very vague. Um, so. That's kind of where we're at right now. Okay, we had two good calls. We had two, Joe and Max. And then uh, the other two was a little bit confusing. I wasn't, wasn't sure what the point was. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I always always welcome calls. If the caller wants to disagree and push back and debate, I love it. I love conflict. Um, but if you're going to be, be vague... You know, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Tell me what your point is. Tell me what you're disagreeing with me on and lay out your point. Um, you know, do do a couple of points of facts and, and hit me, man. Um, I'll debate you. But if you're going to talk about stuff I don't know about and then just hang up, um, it makes me not want to take callers. That's what it makes me want to do. My show is in the middle of the day, I and there's just no way I can... Uh, I, I did David Duke's show live today. I haven't done it for maybe a couple of weeks. 
and of course, David Duke, he's, he's capable when the need arises of uh, talking for a, a prolonged period of time if, if there's nobody to talk to. He actually has that capability. A lot of people don't know that. Um, but, uh, but, you know, today, so I get calls in the middle of the show. And that's not the best way to do things. And I'm, I certainly can't take calls on my own show. I can't do it live. So, um, any, anywho, uh, all right. So there's all sorts of stuff going on. You had uh, a bunch of prep. Do you want to guide us through the prep? Well, we've, we've already established that most Americans don't see Joe Biden as a viable candidate. So there's a problem. It's going to be very difficult for them to hoax this election. Um, we got more here. MSNBC, um, Trump seeks a Supreme Court intervention in election interference. So let's pull this one up. And it's pulling up now. Washington. Everything that is that the the Biden administration is doing is backfiring. Everything they're doing with regards to Trump, these these lawsuits, they've just increased his support. I mean, he is uh, more popular than he's ever been. And uh, I, I don't think that was their plan. The uh, the the more they support the Ukraine, the the more it loses. You know, they Ukraine can do two things: they can surrender, they can surrender, or they can lose. Those are the two options. And so, the longer they postpone the surrender, the more they lose. Uh, everything they're doing is a disaster. The the Israel thing's a disaster. Uh, Netanyahu is clearly ignoring Biden. He's just doing whatever the hell he wants. And frankly, he's he's really pretty unhinged. He's in with some very unhinged people. And this isn't going to end well for them. The longer they they go on, the more they're going to lose. This is not going well for them. Uh, things are really falling apart. The immigration. So they, they pulled in more immigration than ever. Well, now all of a sudden you're able to to discuss mass deportation in, in polite company. This is becoming a mainstream. The so-called Overton window has moved over to make uh, mass deportations of millions and millions of people something that can be ta- talked about. Whether it's something that can actually be accomplished or not, uh, that's, that's still a long shot, but it's something that can be talked about. It's something that Donald Trump is going to campaign on. He is campaigning on it already. To, to deport millions of people, putting out tweets saying uh, these people shouldn't get too comfortable because they're going to have to leave. And even people in leftist, you know, uh, uh, Democrat cities and Democrat supporting uh, populaces are sick of this as they see their cities in shambles. It's like Chicago, New York, as mm-hmm. examples. Um, I just covered last night Venezuelan gangs in New York robbing people and they're part of the migrant wave. So um, that, that side's falling apart, but yet you have Trump gaining even more um, popularity. And so there's a movement to keep trying him and tying him up in court in the middle of his campaign. So he's made an appeal to SCOTUS um, to give him immunity to these things. Um, This from, let's see, let me go back to the original thing. MSNBC News, Trump seeks Supreme Court intervention in federal election subversion case. Uh, 
A Trump asked the justices to put on hold an appeals court ruling that rejected his broad claim of presidential immunity in uh, relation to the events leading up to the January 6th alleged attack on the Capitol, alleged is my words. So what it looks like is that uh, Biden is out. He doesn't have popular support. Trump does have popular support. And so they're going to try to, you know, tie him up in litigation and he's pushing back on this and appealing to the Supreme Court to give him some sort of immunity from this. Um, and that has yet to be seen. Whether that's going to work. Everything, because the thing is, you can you can go to real clear politics and you can look at the polling data of, uh, you know, support or approval and disapproval. Look at the approval and disapproval ratings of, uh, of various politicians. The only one, the only person who they track, who's got a net positive, the only one is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And that's probably because people don't know a whole lot about him, but they know the name. You know, it's a it's a it's a name. Uh, Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell, he's like negative 60. So he, he there's or something like that. He, there's 20 uh, percent approve and 80 percent disapprove. It's like something really ridiculous like that. Uh, Trump and Biden, if you look at them, their approval slash disapproval ratings aren't that different. And, you know, you could say, well, the, the, the polls aren't accurate. You could say that. But what's what's important, though, is uh, if and Trump's Trump's is better than Biden's, but not by a whole lot. Uh, but the people who support Trump actually do support Trump. Uh, they 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 do. And the people who support Biden just say they support Biden mostly because they don't like Trump and because they identify as Democrats. But uh, they wouldn't give a damn if if Biden dropped off the ticket. The people um, if the Democrats replaced Biden, all those people who say they support Biden would would support whoever they replace him with. If the Republicans replaced Trump, all those people who say they report they support Trump would would raise hell they would vote for a third party they they would not support who, whoever uh, was replacing trump for the most for uh, to a very very large extent so there are two different animals trump actually has very strong support uh he's still he's still a what do you call it a uh div- divisive or pol- polarizing polarizing is the word he's still a polarizing figure I think there may be uh, around the margins. There may be some people who might start saying, uh, "Yeah, uh, and why? Why do we hate Trump again?" You know, there might be a few of those. I don't expect a whole lot, but there's nobody, nobody else who has anywhere near the actual support. And like I say, if you look at all public figures in the United States, with the exception of Robert Kennedy, they all have bad polling. Now. They all have bad. Uh, you know, they're all in negative territory when it comes to support and uh, versus non-support. So RFK could possibly um, divide the vote between the Democrats and Biden, right? And the, and the polling data, I mean, he would he would pull from both sides. Obviously, you had somebody like Mark Dankoff, who for a while was pretty positive about RFK until until the Gaza stuff started and RFK started going, you know, pro-Israel. And, you know, that turns that that turns off some people, right? It turned off Mark Dankoff. But um, 
but I, I think RFK would, uh, well, if you look at the uh, head-to-head Trump against Biden matchups in the polls, and I, I've been following these, and there's a poll like every every few days, there's new polling data coming out from one place or another. And if you look at that, and then you um, slightly less often, you get these five-way polls where they ask Trump, Biden, uh, RFK Jr., Jill Stein, who uh, a caller was mentioning yesterday, and and um, Cornell West, not to be confused with Kanye West, Cornell West, but but crazy in his own way, and he's a a, a lefty progressive, uh, and Trump does better in the in the five way matchup than in the two way matchup, uh, and and maybe that's because Jill Stein and, and West are draw exclusively from Biden. But they're going. Jill Stein will be in the ba- on the ballot in probably forty five states. I don't know about West, uh, how many he'll be on. Um, but it, it's it's hard. It's at this point, whether you like Donald Trump or not, he's just got an awful lot of an awful lot going for him, and and everything that the his opponents do to him only seems to make him stronger. But at the end of the day, we're left with this. So. Obviously, the Democrat side is collapsing. Um, in a fair election, Biden wouldn't win, even if they replaced him with Gavin Newsom. Uh, with uh, Clementia as his running mate, they wouldn't win. Uh, Trump would take it. What What are we left with? Even in the wake of the Putin-Tucker uh, interview, mm-hmm. where a case is made for Russia, we're still left with this Israel-Palestine uh, genocide. And should Trump take office, Trump and his core are in support of Israel. That's what we're left with. Maybe we can get rid of the Ukrainian war, but we still got this Israeli-Palestinian thing going on and could continue to go on with federal support if Trump wins, if I may play that card. Get your comments on that. Yeah, so I mean, my expectations for a Trump presidency, I, I expect one to happen. Uh, it, I think there's maybe maybe a better than 50-50 chance that it will be better than it was last time. That's not saying a whole lot. Uh, President Putin no longer really, I mean, I don't want, I, like I say, I think that interview was good for Putin, good for Russia, and I think it was good for Trump, but I don't think Putin is really trying to, I don't think he cares that much. I don't think he has expectations for Trump. I think he said that he got along well with Trump and he said he got along well with uh, George H.W. I mean, George W. Bush. He said a lot of a lot of people thought that George W. Bush was a, a country bumpkin, which I guess is Russian for idiot. And he says, I can assure you that's not the case. Well, I can assure you, Vladimir Putin, something was lost in translation because <laughs> he is he is an idiot. But that being said, um, but Putin, Putin said, you know, I. I'll talk to I talked to Bill Clinton. I said, uh, can Russia join NATO? He says, well, maybe that, that would be something to look at. And then a couple of days later, somebody tells him no. And, you know, I say something to, to Bush and and we seem to have an agreement. And then somebody tells him, no, I don't think the, the American president has really run anything. I, he said something like that along those lines, that, that there's a, there are the rulers in America and the president's um presidents don't make the final decisions. He said something along those lines. And, uh, you know, while he would probably prefer to have Trump, 
than than the Democrats. Um, I, I'm I'm pretty sure he would prefer prefer it, but doesn't I don't think he really I think he's going his own way that he's he is putting his eggs in the China bricks basket. And if things work out with America, fine. But but he is he is planning a future for Russia that is going to be a viable future, regardless of what happens in America. That's that's what I see. And, you know, similarly, we um, we're you know, Trump, Trump. He's he always says how pro-Israel he is. On the other hand, he didn't start wars for Israel. And uh, he's um, he I think personally really resents Bibi Netanyahu for having been the very first world leader to congratulate Joe Biden on his fake election. And so I think there, there may be some bridges that were burned there. We'll see. I don't have great expectations Um, with Trump with, with, it's not so much Trump. It's like Trump supporters. And I I think you could, you could say there's, there's uh, MAGA. Well, well, they're just mainstream Republicans who will go along, who will vote for Trump and maybe try to steer him in a, a particular way because uh, you know that's what they're like, but the, but among actual Trump supporters, you've got MAGA and you've got America First. I think you could you could fairly say it like that. And America First um, actually wants to deport I- aliens and wants a Christian country and wants uh, to stop the wars and you know wants a lot of these things. Whereas MAGA, um, they you know the the MAGA movement wants to be safe safe for gays so you're going to have uh like a uh, drag drag queen mag right lady maga is some drag queen right and yeah. the, the the maga movement is is astroturf it's parachuted in it's fake and gay but when you know when you looked at the uh, stop the steal the mainstream stop stop the steal rallies were maga and okay. you you had like nick fuentes would go in Alex Jones, who is flaky and weird on his own, but you know you'd have those people go in. Um, they wouldn't be part of the the big program. They wouldn't be part of the main headline program, but they would steal the show. Um, but anyway, I'll kick it back to you, Jeremy. I was just painting the scenario, the best case scenario. So Trump wins in twenty twenty four. You you get a loss of support for the Ukraine war, which is good for Russia. But you still have the support for Israel genociding Palestinians, which the Trump base, you know, fully supports. Yeah, the how, do we, how is that turned around? Is that turned around with uh, Putin and Xi uh, coming to the table and and dragging Trump along uh, to try to stop this? You see what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, with 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 Biden and, and the Jewish establishment in office. You get support for both wars. With Trump in office, you drop the Ukraine and, and just support Israel. It's kind of the lesser of two evils.
Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. DrinkSuperTea.com I'm so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pasture-raised meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pasture-raised meats. And even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork. Raised the way nature intended. Jewish establishment in office, you get support for both wars. With Trump in office, you drop the Ukraine and, and just support Israel. It's kind of the lesser of two evils. So here's my guess. Um, like I've been saying, the longer, just like with Ukraine, the longer this stuff with Israel and Gaza goes on, the worse it's going to be for Israel. And it, I think um, even if Trump is elected, he's not going to become president until uh, January 20th. So that's more than 11 months from now. Uh, 
can can Israel continue to do this for 11 months? They've only been doing this for four months, and the world is like really against them. The last vote in the UN General Assembly on uh, calling for a ceasefire, there was only four countries that voted against the ceasefire, and that was the United States, Israel, the Federated States of Micronesia. And by the way, I've been there. Um, it's tiny. I, I actually, when I was there, I stayed in the um, the house of the Chief Justice of the Micronesian Supreme Court. I, I, I say house; it was more like a bungalow, and you know, it had I think it had three rooms, and he had like eight eight kids. It was um, you know a bungalow, and uh, and then the other country is Nehru, which is. Uh, Honestly, it's it's a giant like pile of bird bird manure. That's what it is. And it's got about 8,000, 10,000 people there. And they or it used to be the bird manure. The bird manure was very good um, fertilizer. It all got mined. And now there's no no industry there. But while it was being mined, they put some money in the bank. And so they've got some sort of like investment thing so they can. They can continue, but there's nothing going on in Nehru. Those are the only countries that voted with Israel. So the United States and then these two places, tiny dots. And like, I, so I went to Ponape. I'm just saying, I went to Ponape, and uh, Ponape is the capital and the, the biggest island in the Federated States of Micronesia. And I could walk from one side to another and back in an afternoon. That's how, that's how big the biggest island is. So I'm just saying. Uh, things aren't going well, and so this all might get this all might get very easily be resolved by the time Trump comes in. It might all be history, and even if it's not, um, I the the by by the time Trump comes in, uh, the Ukraine war is already going to be lost. The uh, the diplomatic and economic and nascent military alliance between. Russia and China and Iran and now like Saudi Arabia, Egypt are being brought in. The United Arab Emirates is being brought in. They're going to dominate. And so I don't whatever position Trump has, Trump's not going to be he's not going to be the leader on this. I mean, he's 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 talks as if I'll come in and in, in 24 hours, I'm going to bring these people together. No, the United States isn't the world leader anymore. And it's certainly it's going to be even less, though, in 11 months. So the United States, its position in the world is is way down. Uh, Israel doesn't have a big brother that can that can uh, indulge it, its its bad behavior anymore. So that's that's how I see it. I kick it back to you. So it's inevitable that the adults in the room, she and Putin, are going to try to bring Israel to heel on this uh, for the greater good of the global populace. Who better to negotiate with a Biden or Newsom or whatever administration? It, you know, it really doesn't matter, doesn't it, Patrick? Whether Biden gets it, they can keep Biden in. That, that, that's not um, beyond the pale for them to just keep him in there because Biden doesn't really matter. It's really Newland and Blinken um, that are running the show. So as we come out in 2025, um, who better to negotiate with? If you're from the perspective of Xi and Putin, um, a, a a Newsom, Biden, or whatever administration, or a Trump administration, someone to bring Israel to heal, even if it's just 
a very, very uh, sterile diplomatic two-state solution. I mean, Trump could paint it as this is best for Israel, and he could sell it to his people, you know. Uh, whereas if you had a Biden and whatever administration, um, they're just going to go full balls, balls to the wall, um, nothing but support, full support for Israel and genocide of Palestinians. Well, I, I mean, they, they, they know that this isn't good for them. So the instinct of Blinken, I mean, Blinken, what did he do? He immediately flew over to Israel and said, I'm not coming here just as the American secretary of state. I'm coming here as a Jew. So you had, you had that. And I don't know how involved Newland is in this. Maybe she's too preoccupied with uh, Ukraine. But, you know, she found, she found the time last summer to fly to Niger. So she's probably involved. And she is the number two person in the State Department now because uh, Wendy Sherman retired. So Newland is both the number two and the number three person at the same time. She's got she's got both jobs right now. So so she's really kind of co-equal with with Blinken in the State Department. And so, yeah, she's probably involved and and uh, not judging so much from her own career history, but judging from her husband and her brother in law, brother in law and her sister in law. uh, And they they are balls to the wall. So is here. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBtalk.com and join the social media revolution. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com, and hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. 
Cows 2. Ease Off LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Not judging so much from her own career history, but judging from her husband and her brother-in-law, her brother-in-law and her sister-in-law, uh, and they they are balls to the wall pro-Israel. So you you certainly have that. But uh, you know the the for the Democratic Party, this this is bad because their base d- doesn't like it. And Blinken, at least, it, he Blinken was involved in the the uh, Biden election campaign. So even though Blinken has been a career State Department person, um, he he has, when he was out of office, he was working on the Biden campaign, whereas Victoria Nuland was working in a pro-war think tank. Um, so, so Blinken might have a little bit more of a political uh, view on this and and might see that this is a disaster for them, that this this... Because uh, because their base, I mean, their base is completely split apart. Uh, you've got the um, the squad, and the squad. How many members of Congress are there? I don't know, not a whole lot, but uh, but they are very popular, and and they are being primaried. And you've got on the streets in in their in their cities, you've got shouting matches between people uh, who are saying, you know. So and so, she wants to kill the Jews. She just wants to kill Jews, right? So it's it's falling apart for them. Um, I don't know where was where was I going with that. Let uh, let me let me bottom line my question. As twenty twenty five emerges, and this is a, a new unipolar, should I say, world order? I, I, I say I, international order because I'm not going yeah. that. World order thing just pisses me so, off. So, so as we as we inter, as we emerge in a new international bipolar world order, where you know she and Putin seem to be leading the way, who would they rather negotiate with? Biden, Newsom, or someone that would keep this current State Department in power? Or would they rather negotiate with Trump? That's the bottom line of my question. Yeah. And and Trump, his whole thing is he makes deals. So he doesn't talk about diplomacy or negotiation, but he talks about making deals. It's the same thing. And uh, the State Department, 
uh, has has just not done diplomacy. They stopped doing diplomacy. I don't know when. They just stopped doing diplomacy. They haven't done it for a long time. They they do regime change. That's what they're all about. I mean, they they they. I think they out CIA the CIA. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it would be better. It would be an improvement to have Trump in there, perhaps. Um, but you know, with Trump, it's it's like the whole. Uh, do you remember like game shows where you can you can have. Uh, you know, you can have the 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 dishwasher dryer, or you can have what's behind the mystery curtain, and that's Trump. Trump is behind the mystery curtain because you don't know what you're going to get. So the, I think the answer is that in the emerging bipolar order in 2025, um, these leaders would rather negotiate with Trump than what we have now, yeah. assuming that Trump totally replaces the State Department, which you know. Uh, in 2017, Trump's first Secretary of State was um, oh, who was that guy? He was from Exxon Mobil. Uh, what was his name? All of a sudden, it slips my mind. What was his name? I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. I might edit this out, or I might not. Um, Roy Ray, what was his name? Rex Rex Tillerson. That was his name. Yeah, and Rex, Rex Tillerson. Tillerson. Because I know people in the State Department, and the people in the State Department hated him because he came, went in and fired a bunch of people. He fired a whole bunch of people and didn't replace them. Now, I, I mean, I think eventually he wanted to replace them, but he, uh, but the, but the, and it it caused morale at the State Department to go way down, right? But and and it's not like Rex Tillerson was great. Rex Rex Tillerson. Uh, Told Donald Trump he was like a dumbass, but I think even in ruder language than that. Uh, and and you know Rex Tillerson brought Trump. I think he brought Trump to the Pentagon to be briefed by generals. And then and then Trump said, "I don't need this. I'm smarter than all these people." And you know, so it's not as if Tillerson was always on the right side. But Tillerson did go in and just fired a bunch of people and left a lot of jobs vacant. And, and one of the problems is. That there there aren't people out there with um, the the requisite managerial experience with with the not the bureaucratic knowledge. There just aren't like you know people could call into RBN and say, yeah, I remember somebody calling into uh, Stormfront and saying I should be Secretary of State and Don Black should be President or David Duke should be President. Don Black should be this and and you know it's like fine, but. Um, like I know a couple of people in the State Department. Uh, they 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 don't make policy. They they like uh, make coffee. <laughs> no, but, and so I I think I could get the coffee the coffee made. Uh, but imposing your will on on a bureaucracy of of hundreds of thousands of people, it, it's it's not easy. And there are people who can, who can do it. But you know we are so disadvantaged because, um, we're, like. The people with the right ideas aren't even going to be allowed in. And we're not going to be allowed in. And so the people that he has to draw on are are suspect people in the first place. So it's it's going to be really tough. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. But yeah, I, and I, I'll do one more thing. Um, so there was this guy in, in the 1930s, and he also led a movement that was uh, 
full of people that didn't have the requisite experience. And uh, they actually won the election and they had a, they had a good run of it. In the end, it didn't turn out too well, but that was because they got demolished by a massive war. But, you know, you who knows? But the thing is, Trump's not I don't think Trump's going to bring in a bunch of based people. It, it might be an improvement from last time. But um, it'll probably still be a a uh, a shoot show or a sheep show. A sheep show. I, that's where you see sheep, right? We go to see sheep. It's still going to be a sheep show. Yeah, I guess that was my question: is should we vote for Trump and why? And the answer would be: who would the emerging global powers rather negotiate with, Trump or what we have now? I think that was my. I'm going to vote for Trump for, if no other reason than for the laws. <laughs> I've got to vote for Trump. It will be November. Yeah, it will be. It will be interesting in that aspect. Uh, did you have another direction to go to before I look back at the prep? Look at the prep. I'm looking. You do a good job with that. It's uh, yeah. It's a struggle. It is a struggle. So, oh, where are we going here? Oh, military aid to Israel. So there's um, there's people in the UK that all right, UEs, the EU's uh, Boral suggests that military uh, the the US cut military aid to Israel, and this is from Reuters, right? From Brussels on February 12th, European Union Foreign Policy Chief Joseph Borrell on Monday made a thinly veiled call on the U.S. to cut arms suppliers to Israel due to high civilian casualties in its war in Gaza. All right. And this Borrell is coming under uh, large scrutiny now because of his, you know, because of his, his stance on this. But, um, how many more world leaders are we going to see? I mentioned last, or I mentioned Monday night on in plain sight. You know, Australia is joining the 152 countries that are calling for a uh, cessation uh, to this war on Gaza because of all the uh, civilian um, casualties. So, how could this play um, into the elections in the U.S. and the? Um, and the view of Israel and the global populace. Well, I mean, the the war Israel is just is completely bad optics, and uh, it, Netanyahu is with these religious fanatics. Honestly, I would, um, I would appreciate. Uh, whatever enlightenment you could shed on the views of these um, these messianic Jews, how, how much do you uh, know? So there are a lot of prophecies in the Bible, if you want to talk religious, about Israel being reinstated as a state. Um, this is in Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11, um, which talks about a remnant of biblical Old Testament Israel that will repent in the future 
and turn to Jesus Christ, and they will be reestablished as a nation. So the Christian Zionists picked up on this, right? Um, you have people like uh, John Darby that funded the uh, Plymouth Brethren. You have Schofield that did his own commentary on the King James Bible. And these were from a bent of Israel becoming a nation again. So when the World Jewish Congress under Theodore Herzl, um, and then you had later the Balfour Declaration where the British Empire allowed uh, Israel to come into Palestine um, in order, you know, so they, they allowed this in trade for Jews in America to get uh, Americans in the, involved in World War One uh, because of the Jewish um, influence over media. So you have people seeing this. You have people seeing, Christians seeing Israel becoming a nation again in the early 20th century, right? <clears throat> so they mistaken they have mistaken this regathering of of these people that call themselves Israel, um, and they've mistaken that for the regathering of the biblical Israel. So uh, that that's a long answer mm-hmm. to your question, is that Christians were deceived in that they saw a regathering um, of people that called themselves Jews into Israel. They mistook that for a um, biblical renovation of Israel, and they supported that. And that's the the, the basic um, foundation of Christian Zionism. Okay. So this is now, why you – go ahead. I was just going to ask. Um, so the, you had the uh, uh, president of Argentina who is a goy, but he's converted to Judaism, and it's first thing he did as, as president is go to Israel, and he's calling for – at Al-Aqsa Mosque to be torn down. And then now what's the significance of the red heifer and to building a new temple? And of course, building the new temple requires tearing down this beautiful Al-Aqsa Mosque. What's okay, that's, red heifer? that's interesting because so in the biblical prophecies, and I don't want to get too deep into this. We'll, I can do this on a Wednesday night, uh, but there's prophecies of a, a third temple being built. Second um, Thessalonians two speaks of this, where can, the Antichrist. You can, will. you can get into it. Um, it's relevant. Well, there's prophecies like, particular Second Thessalonians two, where the Antichrist will stand in the temple of God and declare himself to be God. So, how the Christian Zionists view this is that this third temple must be built. The Antichrist must be instated in order for the prophecies to be fulfilled. And um, they're going to, when they build this third temple, not just for a little historical context, the first temple was Solomon's temple. Solomon, the son of David. Uh, Solomon would be the third king of Israel. Right? He built the first temple. That was destroyed by the Babylonians, uh, circa 600 B.C. Then the temple was rebuilt under Ezra and Nehemiah, and this is called Herod's temple. This is the temple that was standing when um, Jesus Christ walked the earth. That temple was destroyed 
in 70 AD. This is the second temple. Um, that was destroyed by the Romans uh, because because the Jews did a revolution against the Romans. By Titus, the Titus and Vespucian. Okay, okay. Destroyed that temple and, and Jerusalem, for that matter. Uh, and the Jews were dispersed into Europe. So the prophecy is going to be, if the Antichrist is going to be uh, declare himself God in the third temple, then in another temple, then the temple must be rebuilt. So um, at the at the site of that third temple is the mosque that you mentioned. So when the Jews build this third temple, they're going to reestablish the sacrificial system that was um, laid out in the Old Testament, the red heifer being one of them, which I understand they have obtained. I don't know how they obtained it, but um, they obtained the red heifer. So all these Christian Zionists are saying... Genetic engineering? Was it genetic engineering or was it uh, uh, selective breeding? I'm not sure. But so from the Jew, the Messianic Jewish point of view, they need this red heifer uh, as a, as like a... Do they need to sacrifice it at the at the new temple? What what is the significance there? If you're going on this, this is this is part of the core of what's going on. I mean, at least the immediate cause, the deep cause is well, is the uh, stealing of the Palestinian land. But the immediate cause of this is uh, the threat to Al Aqsa Mosque. If you're going to replicate the sacrifices that are uh, laid out in the Old Testament. Uh, you know, Deuteronomy, you know, uh, Exodus through Deuteronomy, then you're going to have to have this red heifer, which was extinct for a while. I'm not sure how they replicated it. I don't know if it was uh, genetic engineering or cloning. I don't want to go there, but apparently they have this. So here's here's the bottom line. In order for Jesus to come back, he has to destroy the Antichrist. The Antichrist must... Um, sit in the holy place of the third temple. Therefore, Christian Zionists support the third temple because it will bring about the Antichrist, which will bring about the uh, second coming of Jesus Christ. That is their logic. Okay. All right. So we only have a, a few minutes left. Um, and let's just have a little bit of fun. So um, the Antichrist. Um February is Heart Month, and every year, Extendivite has a sale. This year is no different. Extendivite is regularly $69.95 plus shipping and handling for a two-month supply. In February, Extendivite is only $57.50 for a two-month supply plus shipping and handling. Extendivite is a combination of garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. These ingredients work synergistically to improve your overall health. So don't delay. Join the Extendivite family today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. 
That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with ExtendoVite. Go to republicbroadcasting.org, smash that donate button like Russian peacekeepers smashing through the Azov neo-Nazi terrorists in the Donbass. I don't think you can explain politics without looking at Jewish power any more than you can explain physics without dealing with gravity. 9-11 was a jointly conducted covert operation that involved multiple states, the Saudis, the Israelis, and what you could call the deep state in the United States. With anti-Semitic remarks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, your jiggling juice, we used to say, the the dancing Israelis. Uh, So even the Republicans now are compromising and they're pushing issues that are destructive to the white race. They would always say, like, are we just going to talk about this stuff on the radio? Like, what are we going to do about it? Either we force the democracy to work by actually getting the ballot access, getting the candidates, getting in office, getting our message out there to the people, or we expose just how undemocratic it is. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on long-term food storage in the rotating sponsors' banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. All right, so we only have a, a few minutes left, um, and let's just have a little bit of fun. So, um, the Antichrist. Um, I, I'm just going to a- ask you a few names. Is is uh, Bibi Netanyahu the Antichrist? Uh, no, the well, not how, biblically. No, okay. Bibi uh, Netanyahu. How about, how about Ben Shapiro? <laughs> Wouldn't that suck if he were the Antichrist? It would be like. Sorry. The Antichrist will be will be uh, Italian, according to Daniel nine. But okay. look, Netanyahu does feel that he is um, a key to bringing this about. So yeah. the Jews feel that they must control the Greater Israel, the Yedad Omen plan, um, in order to bring about their rule in the earth. So the Jews are looking for the Messiah to come. They're looking for the Messiah. They're going to get the Antichrist. Okay. And the the thing is, so like, okay, there are a lot of religious Jews in Israel. Yes. But there's also a lot of atheist Jews in in Israel. And um, in Israel, so you got all these atheists or at least not particularly religious Jews. And they're seeing their whole country being put at complete risk, uh, their entire future at risk for these 
people that they consider to be kind of lunatics to to um in order to sacrifice a a bull at a at a temple and like the, apparently they've got like the, the temple is already is all ready to go prefab it's it's going to be like um levitt town for a uh for 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 the holy land Do you know levitt town yeah well here's the thing netanyahu thinks that he's bringing the temple about to bring the true messiah and he was uh commissioned by the rebbe you familiar with the rebbe well, there, I don't know. There are two two chief rabbis in Israel, an Ashkenazi one and a Sephardic one. Um, but I'm not sure if it was the one. The, it was the one in the 80s and the 90s. Netanyahu feels that if, oh, if oh, he talking about Schneerson, Rabbi Schneerson, Rabbi Schneerson, okay, Rabbi Schneerson uh, said that Netanyahu would bring about the coming of the Messiah. And in their in their point of view, they bring this about by do by by uh, conquering the lands of the greater Israel and building the third temple, and they'll bring the Messiah. But biblically, the Messiah that they're bringing is the Antichrist. But Christian Zionists know this, and they want to foment this and bring it about because when the Antichrist comes, then the Rapture comes. And they can get and it's going to be Italian. Yeah. It's all Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio or Sylvester no. Stallone? Who do we got? We're talking about you think he'd political... You think he'd right. be taller? Biblically, the Antichrist is a uh, an Italian uh, military and political leader that will surpass all leaders that have ever existed. I guess we'll have to wait till next week to see how that turns out. <laughs> you opened up you opened up a, a book there, yeah. 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 Okay. Well thank you very much for joining me, Jeremy. It's, that's been right. a lot of fun. Thanks, Patrick. Very educational. And I'll be back again tomorrow with another exciting episode of National People Radio. who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs. For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. 
free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash rbn. You can't handle the truth! You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.